The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The views and opinions expressed by A Little Bit Culty are those of the hosts and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the podcast. Any content provided by our guests, bloggers, sponsors, or authors are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, group, club, organization, business individual, anyone, or anything. Hey everyone, I'm Sarah Edmondson. Hi, I'm Anthony Ames, Sarah's husband, aka Nippy. And we're here to talk about things that are just a A little little bit bit culty. We were in a cult and we woke up and it was all captured in a docuseries called The Vow on HBO, also in my memoir, Scarred. And then we made this podcast. I guess you could say we're technically a cult show now. But not your typical cult show. We're not so much about the grisly details. We are about kicking the doors down on the shame and the secrets that make these culty things so destructive. We're here to have frank conversations about how cool things can cross over into the cultiverse. How to spot trouble when you see it, and what happens when it comes to recovering from something culty, if that happens to you. Each week, we'll call on experts, advocates, fellow survivors, and whistleblowers to help us unpack what's going on in the cultiverse. We're here to share what we know on everything from red flags to resiliency and to have a few laughs along the way because sometimes you gotta laugh (laughs) thank god now we have a lot to cover so let's get this show rolling shall we a little bit culty season two drops new episodes every monday on the acast app or wherever you get your podcasts be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and to learn more visit us on instagram or at a little bit culty.com Hello, my love. 2022. Happy New Year. Oh my God, 2022. Yes. Well, this is actually our first episode of the new year, but our last episode of season two. It's kind of cool, right? Mm-hmm. It's been a good season. It's been a run. It's been quite a run. Is that a Spinal Tap? Who is that? Everything Spinal Tap. David St. Hubbins and Nigel Tufnell. Yes. Are we going to turn it up to 11? It's already at 11. If you don't know what that means... I highly recommend taking some time to watch Spinal Tap over this holiday season. Oh, so good. I mean, that's a cult classic. That's the tie-in. That's a cult classic. That's a cult classic I would join knowingly. I actually would drop anything in in my life to make a film with that team of actors. I told you that. One of my best friends from college, Tim Webb, is probably Mm -hmm. listening. Shout out to (laughs) T-Dub. He and I lived with each other in LA, and we would have Spinal Tap kind of in the background pretty much the whole time we lived together. And he would be Nigel Tufnell and I'd be David St. Hubbins, the patron saint of formal footwear. And we would talk to each other in character. I'm not joking. I'd say there's about 11 to 12 weeks where we only talk to each other just like that. And the one time we broke character is like, we got in a disagreement about like something. And he's like, come on, Nippy. And I was like, wait a minute. He like broke like (laughs) character. 
What is it about the university? My bestie from university, Maya Seuss, I hope she's listening. Shout out to Maya Papaya. We used to have these characters not based on a, a movie. We just made them up. Doris and Esther. And they were basically like Doris and Esther. And we would just riff about like, you're the light in my darkness. Oi, what a <laughs> shanda. My moisture's marrying a shiksa. Which actually is a perfect segue to, yes, audience, we are watching... The Shriek Next Door with Will so Ferrell good. and Paul Rudd are playing Jews. Catherine Hahn is so good in that. She's so she's really good. Good. She's really oh good. Listen, we're only three episodes in, so we can't fully comment. I mean, I am loving it. I'm really uncomfortable with the manipulation and gaslighting and, you know, things that are happening. But I heard that Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell watched The Vow in preparation for this project and that's really cool so also putting it in the universe that if they want to come on a little bit culty and talk to us about their experience and prepping for the shrink next door we'd love to have them wouldn't we babe yeah of course that would be so cool i doubt we'd talk about cults i'm not gonna talk about cults with those two <laughs> there's lots i'm sure we could riff on with them so yes we're watching that and Yes, we watched The Way Down, although we haven't figured out who we're going to interview from that for season three, but it's definitely on our list. Thank you, everyone, for all the great suggestions. We have a huge list. That was a shit show. Just her hairdo alone. Is her hairdo alone should be the fuck out. a red flag for anybody joining anything. Somebody's hair that big. It's like she's just trying to be taller. That thing added five inches to her height. What is she trying to do with that? I don't get it. Looked like a Christmas tree for a hairdo. That's been a lot of our homework is just watching these docs and listening to other podcasts and, you know, researching people's books so we can have them on as guests. Yeah, it feels like every time we get into the inertia of maybe branching out into more mainstream things, other episodes keep popping up. And the much awaited one is. Yes, literally the person that, that everyone has asked for the most is Mark Vicente. And we really appreciated your questions that you posted on our Instagram. We did interview him. It will be our first episode in first mid-January. And first it's and second. It's a, it's a two-header because... It's a double album. It's like when Guns N' Roses came out with Use Your Illusion of One and Two. It's going to be as epic as that, too. Our first episodes of season three are going to be a double album. Yes. And we have more conversations about Scientology with John Atak. We're going to be doing an episode on corporate culty culture. And we have an incredible conversation we've already recorded with my new BFF, even though we haven't met yet, Alice Gretchen, who shares her journey with purity culture and growing up in the evangelical church. It's a great episode, really. It's great. Thank you, David St. Hubbins. <laughs> and we actually have another two-parter, which will be coming probably mid-season. The first time we've interviewed four people, which is will be really interesting. That will be. And, and we've never done that before. So there's four people. That one is tentatively titled The Box. And you'll find out why it's called The Box in yeah. 2022. And that's a group of whistleblowers who are speaking out about an alleged douche canoe. That is a word. He's an alleged douche canoe. Douche canoe? Douche canoe. Interesting. Yeah. It's a riff off douchebag. Is it an actual apparatus? <laughs> <laughs> so you probably could have simplified that. <laughs> now I have an image that I do not uh, yeah, want. Yeah, well, well, you gave it to me. I gave it back. Sorry. Sorry, it's just a term. Yeah. I was just checking. Yeah. No. Okay. No. Carry on. No, Azure. Uh, yes. Azure. So that, that episode is what we call the tech bro guru nightmare. That'll be another two-parter. So we, we actually have most of season three recorded and it's pretty badass. But 
Let's start with some questions from our audience. Nippy. Yes. Has anyone tried to recruit you into something else since you left Nexium? Not with a straight face. <laughs> I'm allergic to it. Uh, there's no way. You? Yeah. I mentioned this on Bad With Money, the podcast Gabby Dunn does. And I said there that, yeah, somebody reached out to me who's actually a former Nexium member who I hadn't heard from since we all got out. And I didn't know where she stood on the whole situation because, as we know, there are people that are still backing that douche canoe my opinion. And anyway, she was like, started to engage with me on social media and, you know, started to like my posts and make comments about how cute the kids were. And I was like, Oh, I guess we're friends again. And, and then she private messaged me to catch up and invited me to join an MLM. And I was quite shocked about that. That is pretty. Yeah. That's pretty ballsy. Hey, I'm debating sending her one of our episodes because clearly she hasn't done the deprogram to figuring out what we just got out of if she's a, in that and then wanting me to join it. I think maybe you could under the guys that you're helping her and telling her that she's following a pipe dream because I think she wants to do it for money and she's, you know. Yeah, she's got two kids and she... The economy... Yeah, she's struggling. And that's the thing, like coming from that. Yeah, good idea. Thanks, Nip. Okay, your turn. Do you suffer from flashbacks? Have any particular modalities been helpful in your healing process? I haven't had a flashback recently. I used to in the first couple of years, like when I was lying in bed and trying to fall asleep, my anxiety would play out where like I would be startled really easily. And then like the fear would be in my body or like the sort of adrenaline of rush of being startled, like hearing a sound or one of the kids waking up. Or when I hit the brakes in the car. Yes. I startle really easily when Nippy's driving and like if he doesn't stop quickly enough, like th this happens with people when they're in a car accident too. So I like brace in the side of the car in a way that like I know that I'm fine, but my body is kind of just ready to protect and fight like all at once. And that happened a lot at the beginning. And if I stayed there, I would have memories of the branding and just sort of relive certain things that were unpleasant and even just moments that I, you know, wish I had said something differently, like knowing what I know now, like, no, you're not going to touch me, fuck right off and walk out the door. You know, that's how my flashbacks played out. But the modalities I'd say that were most healing was just a combination of different types of therapies, like therapy with, you know, an expert like Dan Shaw, and then just a regular psychologist, and then couples counseling for Nippy and I, and then physical things like I do a lot of cranial sacral massage, yoga. My yoga practice has been really important, but like very specifically, let it be known. I'm not part of any particular. I don't do Kundalini. I don't sure do. You're not Sarah. No, I don't. Don't. Sure and if I, not. if I smell anything like that, I am out <laughs> so quickly. It's more about like we talked in the last episode with Pat Ryan. That's my meditation. I don't sit still very easily, but I can calm my mind when I'm in a yoga flow. And then also in Shavasana is like the one time I'm actually still and present with myself and can go internal. And that's really helpful for me to like basically get anything I can do to get into the parasympathetic nervous system is good for me. And, you know, walks in the woods. We've talked a little bit about microdosing psilocybin in very small amounts. Like I don't, don't do it to get high or hallucinate. It just helps me with my anxiety. Not. Of course not. I know. I did that. I did that in my 20s. I don't need to do it anymore. It really just helps me be present and everything's just a little bit more like, oh, look at the water. Look how the light reflects on the water. Look at the sun coming through the trees. It just kind of drops me into the present moment and appreciate the beauty around me. And that's really good for my healing. How about you? I'm not sure if flashbacks is the word I would use. I mean, I think I get what the 
origin of the question might be, it wasn't like we were in Nam and we came back and we're, we're going back in the jungle and seeing stuff. I mean, I kind of feel like if there's anything that's close to that would be in my dreams. I've had like three or four dreams where I've gone off and just gone postal off <laughs> dreams. <laughs> Modalities, I would say, I think talking about it with smart people who aren't judging you has been the most helpful thing for me. Yeah, I guess that's not really a modality. It's just, yeah. the, I mean, no, the podcast. No, we have someone doing yeah. the podcast. Well, also, our, our friends and family, like who have been just kind of like there for you and, and not judging you, have been the most mm-hmm. healing thing for me. Good. Yeah. What are your go to hype up songs? Uh, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll ACDC. That's a family classic. Sarah, that one has bagpipes instead of guitar solo, and it works. It's an epic rock song. Also, I think we played Crazy Train. That's Ace's favorite. Ace's favorite song is Our Crazy Train. Our goes, Crazy Train, Crazy Train. Like, fair enough. Fair enough. And unfortunately, Troy has entered a pop stage, and there's it's a lot brutal. of... It's a lot of Justin Bieber and Ed Sheeran in our car. And, and he's brutal. singing lyrics about things that he really doesn't even know what he's saying. So we're trying, we're trying oh, to... God. We're trying to we're trying to steer him away, but like that's the music he likes. So you know, I listened to mini pops when I was his age. Put my parents through a similar thing with some music I like. But that, that's the thing is that music is going to be obviously no, generational, yeah. and we're older. And case in point, there was one time when electronic music was starting up, and and Nippy said, <laughs> "Oh, Jesus Christ!" Nippy said, "Dubstep, yeah, dubstep. I like that guy." <laughs> All right. Hold and on I was second. like, let me I was like, hold on. Oh, no, hold on. I was like, that's like saying in the 70s, like, oh, rock and roll. That's a really good band. Okay. Hold on a second. Okay. Defend yourself. Go ahead. But I, it's not even a defense. Myself. I mean, look, I recognize I'm entering that place where you're old. I'm in the dad zone, the dad zone. But in my defense, you thought it was that guy who I thought it was a person. And I thought it was a dude who was like moving to the like, and every time I YouTube dubstep, it was the same like that dancer banging out like breakdance into the dubstep. I was like, holy shit, that's good. Dubstep's a cool dude. You thought dude. that was dubstep. I thought that was the dude. Yeah, that was a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I have no dukes. <laughs> I have no dukes on that one. Did Keith try to interfere with your relationship? I mean, look, I think that's Keith's MO with everything. I told you, I told you the story. The person I dated before you, we went to a party and she had worked in commodities. And I guess Pam Kafritz knew this because Pam Kafritz worked with her, you know, like one-on-one with some stuff, maybe in, in some trainings and came up to her at the party and said, Keith heard you're in commodities and he's interested in commodities. And he'd like to maybe meet with you and talk to you about it. That to me is him trying to fuck anyone's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he did. I think when Dan Shaw was describing the narcissist behavior, there's nothing they don't feel entitled to. And they feel entitled to your closest possessions, your closest relationships. And I think that's what he was doing with you. I think that was doing with every woman. He felt entitled to you. He felt entitled to do that. I think is, I think that's his number one MO with everybody. What do they yeah. have that I can take or ruin from my own? Yeah. To answer your question, yes. Yes. I'm pretty sure that like, you know, as we know and if it, any of you have read my book i started in nexium dating someone who i called david in my book and i'm pretty sure the higher ranks were subtly trying to break us up and we did break up after three years 
mostly because in that system, they were saying, well, Sarah, you're going up the straight path and he's not. It was this whole thing about like, you're not in integrity to be with someone who's not growing because how can you have a relationship that's... Meanwhile, he went on to pursue his goals and make films. He's doing great. He's doing great. And we're still buddies. Thank goodness. Well, he did get in between other people's relationships. He did, specifically with us. I wasn't sure if he was just trying to mess with us or if he was trying to like bed me, you know. That was revealed in the trial as affirmative. So, sorry, Keith. Yes, that was the the best verb I could come up with in the moment. But actually, that reminds me of my chaps my ass, which I've been saving for this episode, which is that, you know, as you know, there's people out there who still say, but it was consensual, who clearly haven't read the trial transcripts or looked at the evidence where Keith says, tell them to say, master, would you brand me? It would be an honor so that it looks consensual. They have that evidence of Keith speaking to Allison so that it looks consensual. The other thing about it is that every time we got together with our sisters, we were supposed to take a nude photo of all of us together. And the first time we did that, which is obviously very uncomfortable, we all went separate ways and went back to our respective homes. And then we got a message from Lauren saying we didn't look happy enough. And we were like, okay, noted. Next time we'll be happier. And she's like, no, you have to fix it. And I was already home and taking a melatonin. And so I couldn't drive. So we had to like, people had to rearrange. Someone had to like cancel their their train ticket or their bus ticket or something so that we could all get together the next morning before the training and take another photo of us standing with our arms around each other naked and smiling. If that's not proof of him trying to like get proof of like, oh, look, everyone's having a great time. No, we're not having a great time. This is crazy. It was all for him and his spank bank or whatever. But anyway, that chaps my ass. What's your chaps my ass? Do you have one? The chaps my ass is my mattress right now. Is this your ploy to get a mattress sponsor? It's a brazen ploy to get a mattress sponsor. And I'll tell you why. Okay, do it. Do it. You sleep almost a foot higher than I do. And it's the same mattress. You're (laughs) sleeping in a fucking hammock, Sarah. The thing. And then when then the boys get on me, I'm down there. And I think that's why I have my back pain. It could be. I think we do I need a sleep is. sponsor. And is. sleep is also critical when you come out of a cult because you need to heal. So if you don't want a good mattress. What? Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Listen to you. Mm-hmm. Following my lead on the ploy. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Teamwork. Teamwork. Since we're at it, I would also do a sponsor for like mm, Bulletproof Coffee. I love my Bulletproof. I have one every morning. That's a cult. Can we get a celery sponsor? Is there a yeah, celery sponsorship celery deal cult. out there? It's a celery cult. Damn it. Why are all the things I love so culty? Hmm. Deep thoughts with Sarah Edmondson. We tell our stories. We change the world. A Little Bit Culty is proud to support the hashtag I Got Out Project, which empowers survivors of cultic abuse to share their stories online as a catalyst for education, prevention, and healing. Learn more about the hashtag I Got Out movement and find resources at igotout.org. Did anyone learn a language in high school and then let it go and then have regrets about that later? If you're anything like me, 
then maybe you'll relate. I did French all the way up into 12th grade and then I let it go. I mean, I lived in Montreal for a few years and, you know, practiced a bit, but it just slipped away. And then I found Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. And thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy little bite-sized language lessons, I've been able to get back my French. I've actually found learning French to be fun again. And c'est vrai, je parle français. <laughs> With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson. So you can start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans. But Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts and voiced by real native speakers, not computers. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. And with Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Formidable. That means wonderful in French. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. Clearly still working on that. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use promo code CULTI. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com, code CULTI. Our team at A Little Bit Culty Podcasts loves the Blood Ties podcast because it is gritty and current and fascinating. It's also a little bit culty. Blood Ties, the award-winning audio drama from Wondery, returns for its third season, Strange Days, with another thrilling story about greed, power, and deception. Five years have passed since Eleanor, played by Jillian Jacobs of Community, took over as CEO of the infamous Richland Family Empire, alongside her half-brother, Santino, played by Christian Navarro of 13 Reasons Why. Together, they decide to invest the family fortune in a groundbreaking, controversial new drug. But as shocking revelations about the new treatment emerge, Eleanor and Santino go to every length to protect their control of the Richland family dynasty. As Eleanor's father always said, medicine is a bloody business. Listen to Blood Ties, Season 3, Strange Days, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, or you can binge the whole series now, early and ad-free, by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As you can probably imagine, being in a cult for over a decade took a toll on some of my relationships with my closest friends and family. And something that has helped me mend those relationships has been working on my most complicated relationship of all time, the one I'm having with me. Therapy has been a great place to work through all that tricky stuff and can help you in your relationships too, whether it's with your friends, your coworkers, your significant other, or anyone. Things like coping skills, boundaries, communication, you can practice any of that in therapy and see big differences. I swear by therapy. Oh boy, do I swear by it. Yep, I love this journey for me. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's all online and you can schedule around what works for you. And all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. Plus, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. No brainer. This is the time of year when people talk about finding their soulmates and you can always become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com slash culty today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash culty. 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Okay. Back to the questions. Yep. Since you're working full-time as Nexium teachers and owners of your own center, were you still trying to act simultaneously? When you got out, how hard was it to pick up the acting career? And do you feel like there's stigmas attached to you? Or vice versa, do you think people want to work with you because you've had recognition? Probably a mixed bag. I know for for you, you know for you that it's been that. Yeah. That's nothing I can control. I think I started this episode with just, or or I don't remember which episode it was, just the gratitude that I have and reowning you know, what I want. My past isn't going to be my future story. You can always demonstrate that you're not your story. And fortunately, we were young enough and have the energy enough in a position to have the opportunity to do that. So even if it was true and people had that stigma to me, I just see it as an opportunity to demonstrate I'm not the stigma that you've made up about me, or maybe that I am mm -hmm. and you don't want to work with me. All you can do is just take care of what's in front of you, expand that and do as good as you can. Yeah. For me, it was, I was using the tools at the beginning to be stronger as an actor and not be nervous in auditions. For a couple of years, I was doing better. I had a film in the Toronto Film Festival. I used the tools to break into voiceover, which I did. And then it became hard because I was going back and forth to Albany all the time. So when I, with auditioning, you have to kind of like be around. Otherwise, I'm missing auditions or I'm going to be out of town when the thing shoots. So I eventually kind of had to sort of make a decision. And I remember that was probably about four or five years in when that happened. And it was, I think I talk about this in my book too, where it's, it, it, it was a very subtle thing where you always were had to be clear on your list, your own priority of your own values. So it may have started off with like acting and creative expression and then, you know, family and financial freedom, and personal growth. And by the end, if personal growth, aka Nexium ESP was not on the top of the list, you weren't going to be moving up in rank. It had to be your priority. So if you chose like, you know, a family event, I remember once I missed my grandfather's birthday for some Nexium training because they were like, well, what does it mean that you're choosing family who doesn't even support you over your own growth? So it wasn't like you have to be here. It would it would be like this subtle course of manipulation. Gaslighting. Yeah, it was gaslighting. And but also, you know, it it slowly became that personal growth was my highest value, which means it trumped all other things. And that's not the case for me anymore. That is not my highest value. I would say my family is my highest value. And doing this work comes underneath that. And acting is probably underneath that now for me. So when I got out, yes, I had voiceover to go back to. And that was, you know, I'm incredibly grateful for that, especially during the pandemic. Yeah, that was huge. So huge. Like, I don't know where we'd be without it. But with terms of film and TV, it definitely was a mixture because I'm sure there were some people who like, you know, especially here in Vancouver, everyone knows people who are in it and what, what they thought of me or us from before. You know, again, like you said, I can't control that. But, you know, we did get some, or at least I got some opportunities because of my cult experience. I got to play a, the right-hand person to a cult in, in um, oh, that's right. Salvation, kind of like a character for me that was loosely based on a mixture of like Nancy, Claire, Lauren, and Allison Mack, <laughs> like different things. And that was so fun. And got to act with one of my BFFs from 
over 20 years ago, Jen Finnegan, also a fan of the pod. Shout out to Jen Finn. And we got to have a like an FBI, uh, what's it called when you have a gun thing at the end? What's that called? A standoff? Standoff. Thank you. Really? That's for so sure? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I mean, that was a great experience, I think, largely because of my experience in Nexium that I got to bring to the show. But, you know, I don't know what opportunities I've missed because people don't really tell those yeah, things to point. your face. Either way, I'm enjoying this right now and uh, we'll see where 2022 brings. And to add to the last part of the question, you know, hopefully it just puts us in a position where we can earn something, you know, that we, maybe we wouldn't have. And I think that's a continuation of turning a negative thing into a positive thing. So, which we've done. What advice would you give to the parent of a cult member? It's a tough one. I mean, it depends where they are. Most of the time they're freaking out, right? Yeah. My advice would be like, go see someone who's done this before. Yes. Hire an expert. But stay in their life. Stay in, stay in their, their circle. Life. Don't judge them. Don't tell them they're in a cult. Stay close to them. You ask questions in a compassionate way. Highly recommend reading Combating Cult Mind Control by Stephen Hassan. And one of the things I've learned from him and others is like, you know, you got to just plant seeds, right? You can't slap them down with cult research. But one thing I think, just speaking from my own personal experience, I think that if my parents had gotten somebody else to sit down with me sooner, not them, because I'd been trained to ninja my way out of those accusations, but Somebody else right. that, I, you know, maybe respected, maybe in the film industry. Like, I think if a casting director had sat down with me and said, I think you might be in a cult and here's what I see, I, I may have taken it seriously. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say. What I will say, we met a guy at the uh, Mormon Thrive event who I want to contact at some point, but he has street epistemology and it's kind of a Socratic way of talking to people. And one of the guys and one of the things that I was watching was just like, look, when you ask one question and you see that they're processing your question, leave them alone. The next conversation might be there at a different point or as they start to question their foundation a little bit, you got to question in. Don't start rifling facts at them. Let them process and, and, and question their own foundation. And mm -hmm. one question can be that seed that sprouts over however long it takes. Right. The one thing that was overwhelming when we were down in Salt Lake is how many Mormons said they, they woke up because of the vow. So I think that, you know, if you're listening and you know somebody's involved in something, like getting them to watch that or one of the many other documentaries about cults, like a Holy Hell. Going or, clear, Holy Hell. We're going to have the director from, from Holy Hell on in the upcoming seasons, by the way, I forgot to mention that. But yeah, Going Clear, a Holy Hell, Wild Wild Country. I mean, the way down is extreme, so I don't know. It depends on what the group is, but you want them to be able to see the processes of abuse in something that's not in their group because people are generally defensive and right. have been trained to say, no, it's not a cult and here's why, right? Yep. yep. Main thing is keep them close and be loving with them and provide that space for them to come back to you because if they feel judged by you, they're not going to feel like- Yeah, and the up. cult wins because the cult thrives on us versus them and separation. Yes. Sound familiar? Yes. We really appreciate, by the way, all the feedback on how much you all loved season two. Nadia Boltz-Weber, Moira. The Boltz-Weber. The Boltz-Weber. And so many great books that came out of season two. A huge reading list. We are going to take someone's advice 
and make a resource list for all of the things we've talked about. And it's also on my website, sarahedmondson.com slash resources. If you want help with getting out of a cult, cult recovery, a list that was originally made by the infamous Bonnie Peace. She woke up before us and started gathering that information. And I've since added to it. It's there, but we'll do a little bit culty resource somewhere on our website. Oh yeah. Other things for season two, children of God, Maybe Elizabeth Theranos. I'm sure they're going to find us. I wrote Barry Weiss a letter. Tell people who Barry Weiss is if they don't know. Barry Weiss was the editor for the New York Times, and she wrote a letter. It's almost two years now. Stepping down from it, it was basically, you know, if Twitter isn't our masthead, it's become the one that informs what goes into our papers. All the things that she calls out are really the things that are a little bit culty. She's more of a classic liberal, one that I, I would kind of identify with in a lot of ways. And she's just been a real force in, in holding that line that I adhere to and agree with. And I'd love to have her on. So I wrote a letter. She's, I think, the first person that we've reached out to and to be a guest. Every single one of our guests so far has been a natural conversation or an introduction. It's just flowed yeah. very organically. Yeah. And, and Barry is the first one that Nippy's like, I'm going to invite her. And I'm glad you did. Hope it works out. I hope so too. Hey there. Hope you're enjoying the episode. Quick reminder to follow us on Instagram. You can also share your favorite episodes with friends who may or may not be in a cult. And also reach out to us to let us know who you would love to hear as a guest. And now a word from our sponsors. Our team at A Little Bit Culty Podcasts loves the Blood Ties podcast because it is gritty and current and fascinating. It's also a little bit culty. Blood Ties, the award-winning audio drama from Wondery, returns for its third season, Strange Days, with another thrilling story about greed, power, and deception. Five years have passed since Eleanor, played by Jillian Jacobs of Community, took over as CEO of the infamous Richland Family Empire, alongside her half-brother, Santino, played by Christian Navarro of 13 Reasons Why. Together, they decide to invest the family fortune in a groundbreaking, controversial new drug. But as shocking revelations about the new treatment emerge, Eleanor and Santino go to every length to protect their control of the Richland family dynasty. As Eleanor's father always said, Medicine is a bloody business. Listen to Blood Ties, Season 3, Strange Days, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, or you can binge the whole series now, early and ad-free, by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. Oh, oh, We have some announcements. Yes, we have some announcements. We have the most beautiful merch for A Little Bit Culty coming your way. It's going to be so rad. It's going to be the hot purchase of the year. It's going to be pretty cool. Just wait. We just saw some of it this morning. The mock-ups. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to want this. Trust me. Yeah. And we're excited about season three. If everything goes smoothly with Omicron, we will be going to South by Southwest. South by Southwest. That's a big one. We've learned from the cool people in Los Angeles that it's just South by. South by. South by. Yeah. So we'll be referring it to... So applied to that like two months ago i got a letter before thanksgiving saying thank you for your submission we decided not to blah 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 and i was like you don't my podcast and then i got a letter <laughs> is, that, is that your frustrated thing? voice <laughs> yeah. you don't yeah. know me I, then, I have a, I uh, it's my podcast yeah and then we got a letter the next day saying congratulations 2800 applicants blah blah you're in so, so uh, i've never been to austin and everyone tells me that i will love austin it's yeah. my town. So March, we're going to have a live podcast with my millennial crush, Amanda Montel, and then Sarah Berman. I thought it would be good to have two people who weren't in cults, but observed it. And we could have that conversation. That'd be an interesting panel. So that's going to happen. March. That's going to happen. And there's some other things that may or may not happen, depending on travel. Might be in Australia in May. Australia. Doing a speaking tour and New Zealand. So stay tuned for that. And Oh, Moment House. Live events. Live events with Moment House. So what this is, is basically we're doing a live podcast with a guest and people will come online like it's a live event like you would go to. And it was a really cool pitch. And we could actually like produce it in a way of like, we have segments that we can cut to in our first one. We're going like to drop- Like a variety show. We're going to drop the original word salad. The original word salad that was recorded when we were in Nexium that was a present for Nancy's birthday an impression of Keith by Nippy recorded on film. We're going to share with you. It is epic. It's pre- I mean, listen, you know how I am when I watch myself. I'm like, eh, eh, eh. but I watched it and actually laughed because I hadn't seen it in like five years. And I was like, <laughs> it's really oh, good. God. Oh, and you can God. actually not only because Nippy's words, how it's really good, but you can see his mannerisms in this because it's obviously yeah. it's a video. So we'll share that on a moment house. Stay tuned. One last thing that I think is cool in the cultiverse that happened this week when we're recording this is that the headline is Utah's richest native rips Mormon church in the letter renouncing his resignation as a member. And apparently he's been like not associated with the church for a long time, but he wrote a letter saying like, stop asking me for money. I'm not involved anymore. What you're doing isn't cool. Specifically, he lambasted the church saying that while he believed most members were good people trying to do right, he believed the church is actively and currently doing harm in the world. The church leadership is not about its history, its finances, and its advocacy. He said, I believe the Mormon church has hindered global progress in women's rights, civil rights, racial equality, and LGBTQ plus rights. 
I think that's really important. I felt like when we did our episode, you know, we barely made a dent and it's such a powerful church with so much money behind it. And I feel like if somebody like this of his stature with his wealth behind him is making that kind of statement that like maybe they're getting some traction to shine a light on some of the some of the crap that's that the Mormon church is involved in. So I feel like that's a win for sure. And a positive note to end on for 2022. I mean, wrap up of 2021, moving into 2022. There we go. I wanted to say that one of the highlights for me of 2021 for me is getting to work with my husband and having a project that's so positive and fun. And I feel like it's really given us a great common focus in moving forward. And as I won't speak for you, but it's been really helpful in my healing. So thanks, babe. Yeah, for sure. No, thank you. You're a wonderful teammate. Obviously, the feeling's mutual. We just need a better mattress. <laughs> Noted. Okay. And for those who aren't living in our house, which is all of you, Nippy does <laughs> word salad all the time. So I get to listen a, to that. That's a Venn diagram with a circle and a dot of all our audience. <laughs> for all of you guys, not in our house. So yeah, Nippy's word salad, it makes me laugh all the time. And I get, I get to hear it on the Dale. Uh, so Nippy, do you have some word salad for us? Word salad. It's interesting. We, we talk about Christmas. In fact, there is a, entire multimedia company dedicated to Christmas, the last too much music, wrapping paper, and all those things. One of the things, and this is certainly not lost on me, is Christmas can be Christmas with a C to some people, yet Xmas to someone else. And it's not lost on me that the C is the third letter in alphabet, and the X is the third to last letter in alphabet. So it ultimately beckons the question, is the cup half empty or half full? Are you in the front of the alphabet or the back of the alphabet? And if you are the back of the alphabet, the letter after X is Y, which brings us to Y. Why Christmas? I can offer many lines of reasoning and what I want to emphasize with everyone, ultimately Xmas or Christmas is your journey and it's very personal. And no one should inform that except for your heart. <laughs> Let it be known that the gesture that Nippy's making right now that no one else can see is so wildly grotesque as he relishes in his own word salad Ugh. grossness. That's such a jack-off session that would totally It is a jack-off session. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I ever heard Keith riff on Christmas like that, but it would sound like that. Yeah, I mean. It would sound like that. Yeah, I'm my own flavor, aren't I? Yes. Thank you, David St. Hubbins. All right. Oh. We did not answer the question. Do we know when season two of The Vow will drop? All we know for sure is that it's not the fall of 2021. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> As we've been told. They not were the so fall. like, don't tell yeah. them, don't tell them. All we know for sure is that it's not the fall 2021. It's very likely going to be at some point in 2022, but nobody knows, including us. I wish we did. Trust me. <sighs> I'd, like, I'd like to prepare mentally for such things. But alas, we cannot. All we can do is wish you the very best for the new year. Don't join a cult. If you're not sure, do some research, go online, find people who left, read some books, and that's a wrap. We are going to be taking a couple weeks break. We'll see you soon for season three of A Little Bit Culty. Coming soon to a podcast near you. Sinking down to the depths of the ocean.
Let's keep the conversation going. We'll be back soon with more episodes of A Little Bit Culty with more experts and survivors. And sometimes experts who are survivors, as well as some familiar faces from The Vow from HBO. If you've got suggestions or questions on upcoming topics, find us on Instagram at a little bit culty. And for more background on what brought me here, my memoir, Scarred, the true story of how I escaped Nexium, the cult that bound my life, is available on Amazon, Audible, and where most books are sold. If you'd like to help us spread the word about a little bit culty podcast, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. Seriously, like take out their phone and tell them to press subscribe. Takes a second. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and every major listening app. And if you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe over the cover art of this podcast to find show notes and helpful resources. You might also find some offers from our sponsors there. And when you support our sponsors, you help us keep this podcast going. Just don't be a little bit culty about it. A Little Bit Culty is executive produced by me, your co-host, Sarah Edmondson, and Anthony Nippy Ames. That's me. Associate producer is Jess Tardy. Produced, edited, mixed, and mastered by Citizens of Sound. Our amazing theme song, Cultivated, is by John Bryant and co-written by Nigel Asselin. I'm Sarah Edmondson, and thanks for listening to A Little Bit Culty.